Step one, wake up early, gon' rise with the sun. Step two, get some good, some food in you. Step three, think real hard about what you wanna be. Step four, everybody just do your thing. Wake up. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Pete George Experience where we will be talking about how to help someone with mental health issues, mainly depression and anxiety. So stay tuned. Today's gonna be a good day. Set your affirmations, aspirations. I got shit to do the aftermath of preparation. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Pete George Experience where we help you succeed in life through conversation and experiences. And today's experience is all about uh, helping someone that you feel may be struggling mentally. And um, one of the things is there's many facets of mental health um, and I'll talk about the one that I know the most about, and that's uh, depression and anxiety, having been a sufferer, gone through the ringer. Uh, if you pop to petergeorge.com.au and uh, have a listen to episode seven, which is uh, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom, you'll uh, hear my story there and um, may uh, shed a bit of light on what we're talking about today. So this is um, a two-part journey uh, for, for people and um, in no way am I affiliated or have any association with Are You OK? But uh, the brand or but what I will do is point you to um, their material that will help you with your journey because their material is some of the best around and we will um, work through that. So um, the first step is to understand if you're ready um, and that's the one of the big things and there's a, um, a test, not a test, just a little quiz that you can take that'll um, help you sort out whether you're ready to um, help someone with uh, anxiety, depression or just feeling run down and there's a link for that at the bottom of the the notes um, in the episode that you can go straight there and find that. Um, Now there's a difference between someone that's just having a bad day at work or, you know, struggling with schoolwork or anything like that uh, and someone suffering from depression and anxiety. Um, And for me that's one of the main uh, global mental health problems which has been exacerbated by uh, COVID-19 and having to um, be locked up for a period of time, which um, we all didn't enjoy. And um, when I get down a little bit further in some of the the numbers, um, that uh, it's not not nice in one of the areas. Now, we will be talking about things uh, like suicide on here, so if you're uncomfortable with hearing about those sort of things, I understand if you uh, wish to not listen to the the whole show, but um, it's facts are facts, and um, we need to uh, be aware of these to, to help others, so we'll get into that as well. Now, we all get um, down a little bit, as I said earlier, and that that's normal. Um, through life, you'll have your ebbs and flows, but it's when the ebbs get very, very deep 
and a change in behaviour becomes weeks and months um, and that's where we face a problem. Now, I, um, if I have a, a real uh, think about it and haven't worked with um, a psychologist, uh, my depression and anxiety has probably been over a decade and it's it's got worse um, and it's not the people around me fault, but there was um, some people around that just um, didn't know how to handle it or approach me because of the way I was. So we all have to um, accept different things and, and understand that this may not work for everybody. So uh, one of the things is this isn't going to make you an expert. The only experts are uh, medical practitioners and psychologists, occupational therapists and, and things like that, that um, they help me and, and they will help a person that's in a, in a bad situation with their mental health. But these are the early steps that we as family, friends, uh, work colleagues, sports mates, uh, sports friends or, you know, community group friends that we can start to help someone where we feel that they're not being themselves. And the conversation can just start nice and easily. Now, for me, there's three areas where you can see people with change in mood, and that is your family, friends and in your community. Um, uh, I'm at um, I'm 56, so I don't uh, have kids at school or anything, so I don't mingle that much. Um, and I'm just getting back into the big wide world and um, we'll start to mingle in community and everything. But you, you can pick it up with your family um, and I'm not talking about a teenager that's got the sooks because you took their phone away or anything like that. It's more to do with a consistent pattern of downhill behaviour. Um, there's also work and I call it at play, which is your sports and community groups. So. Uh, I'll break these down a little bit and I'll go through the three areas and how you can pick up different things. Uh, so the family one, I'll make it simple and call it just home. Um, in your home life and everyday life, this is the most common place as family members can see changes in behaviour that can quickly become normal for a person. So that can be um, slowly with becoming withdrawn, uh, in my case, because um, it was wrapped around pain, I would use the pain as an excuse and then sleep for most part of the day and not get involved in family activities and consequently I didn't care about myself too much in the way of hygiene and things like that. So you can pick pick those sort of signs up with someone uh, at home or family member. Now at work, uh, this is where we spend a large part of our day and we get to know people pretty well in um, our work environment. Now, um, once again, this is a tricky one, or a little bit tricky, because you know they could be just having a bad day at work, or um, they're under pressure to try to meet a target or achieve something, and that could last for a couple of weeks. You know, as a salesperson, um, you know the the last month of the quarter is always tricky, and you're under pressure and um, you know, if, if that um, change in the person continues beyond that period, then then that's when we've got to um, start to think and see how we can 
help them. Uh, there's things like mood swings at work. If they're normally a jovial, happy person and, you know, they become angry and frustrated, that's another way. And one of the ones I picked up uh, when I was uh, in the corporate world is um, people drinking a little bit too much at lunch or at functions and that that's another way to start to um, notice that there's a problem and um, just not stepping up to the plate like they used to. Uh, you know, they not just doing the extra yards, they're just doing what they need to do. But the other side of all of that is that it can also manifest from something from home. Um, so it's a fine line, but there's um, enough uh, assets out there for you to use and um, I'll point you in those directions. And the other one is in sport. Now, with with sport, this is the real tricky one. Um, you can have people that uh, like the elite in, in the elite sports, so like AFL, NRL, um, NFL, if you're listening to this in America or Major League Baseball. We've all seen it where the younger guys put their hand up and say, I've had enough and I need to step away for a while. And you'll hear them come out with mental health issues. And then and one of the recent ones was um, Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody from uh, Essendon Football Club here in the AFL. Um, young fella just uh, pulled the plug on his career. Enough was enough for him. Um, I, don't, I haven't read too much on it, but I know he's given up. Uh, same with um, another footballer. He's now back playing, Jesse Hogan. Uh, went lost his father, um, went through testicular cancer, and it all just becomes too much. And the other the other area in elite sports is that um, the young fellas don't ask to be the number one draft pick, and the pressure that the media put on to them is quite quite large. And we, we and even as supporters, we, we lose sight that they are just a very good sports person that were picked by the worst team in the competition, basically, when there's a draft. Now, how do you do this on a local level is a real trick. And we know the makeup of a sporting team. There's always the jokers, there's always the hard nuts, and there's always the quiet ones. But it's when their behaviour changes that it becomes um, something that we need to sit down, you know, as coaches or as team managers or as um, just someone that follows the club to sit down and have a chat with them and see how they're going. Now, this is the bit that is the confronting bit. Um, If you uh, don't want to listen to this bit, you can push fast forward, but... Um, I used the Australian Institute of Health and Wellbeing. Uh, there's a link to them. They're a government body now that's uh, in control of uh, putting the numbers of um, suicides in Australia from mental health uh, point of view. They're there to uh, assist organisations to deliver the services that are needed to help Others. So these numbers are for 2020 at the moment, and the trend isn't changing, and it hasn't changed over the last decade. So in 2020, there were 3,139 people um, take their own lives. Um, so that equates to around about nine per day. 
Now, when we break it down to male and female, uh, 2,384 of those suicides were males and 755 were females. Now, the bit when I was going through the report that jumped out and absolutely scared me, and I think it should scare everybody, and I'm going to call it out here, I hold every politician in the world because I think this problem is going to be a global problem to these deaths. I'm sorry, but um, most of these could have been avoided during 2020 and 2021, and so I don't get in trouble with copyrights and everything. I think you can make out what happened in 2020 and 2021. There were 381 deaths between the ages of 18 and 24, and to me there was a staggering amount, which is 99 Children between the ages of 5 and 17 took their lives, with the biggest majority being between 15 and 17. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. That makes me angry. I hope it's coming through because when you take... When you take the ability for people to interact, and especially kids... They start to hear things and they start to focus on things that they shouldn't. And um, from this day forward, I'm going to try to work as hard as I can to help these kids because there is a way to come back and we'll get to that now. The other part after me, little rant there, I'm sorry, but um, the overall group that is still taking their lives too early as the 30 to 59-year-old males. And I have my thoughts on why that is and a lot of it's to do with life changes and when you have a look at the back end of those numbers, job insecurity, um, uh, feeling a lack of worth in the community, uh, frustration as in farmers and things like that, I think they're they fall into this bracket. Now, the thing is that that bracket is broadened in, in the men's sphere and it's more. it used to be more common in the 40 to 45-year-olds, which is now where uh, the larger amount of females uh, are taking their life, which is the 40 to 45. But now in men, it's 30 to 59. That's And there's a, a super high spike in males over 85 and I think that's down to loneliness. So they're the cold hard facts. Um, we all in, our, in some way want to help others and, and stop this madness and um, here are the steps from here that we can take um, to uh, help others. So why did I select Are You OK as a place for you to go to and learn to help others? And that is they have um, a really good set of tools that you can sit there, learn and understand. And they also have that little quiz that I was um, talking about where you can answer a series of questions that will point you whether you're in the mindset and things like that to start to work down a path with someone or become a little bit of a champion along the way. 
Yeah, so, and the other part is that they have a great ac- acronym. Um, it's called ALEC, and we'll, we'll go through that as well. So first things first, follow the link in the bottom of these notes um, and uh, do the quiz. That's where you first need to start. And if you get through that okay, then you can step on to the next bit. So it's not that hard. Probably takes three, four minutes. Uh, I did it quite quickly. And then what that does is it opens you up to a series of uh, their assets um, that will take you down the ALEC path and, um, you know, be able to put up flyers at work and things like that. And that's that's in some ways a good place to start for some people. If you notice it in the workplace, uh, contact Are You OK? and see if you can put some flyers up. There are some rules around it, but you can um, start there and, you know, a visual thing may spark off a reaction, which is pretty good. Now, the other part to all of this that I always believe in and I think a lot of people don't get, and I mentioned this in um, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom, and when we go down this path, you then enter into a social a social agreement with the person that you're just about to ask because two things are going to happen. They're either going to open up and get it off their chest and you can work through it with them or they're going to become reserved and not answer anything. So with that in mind, um, this is the agreement because if you sense that there's something wrong, um, you will tend to be on the right path because um, you know the person and it's now up to you and them to try to work through to a an outcome that's good for both. Now, the other thing that you've got to be prepared for is um, an answer of, no, I'm fine, and then they go off and self-harm, or they really, really break down, and this is where Alec is, is really, really good. If you, if you study this and get it down, then you then you will have no problem if they just break down in front of you and then you can step through Alec pretty well. So um, if you've got through the quiz and then you're and then you you're preparing to talk to someone, whether it's a family member or whatever, there's a few things you need to do before you start. And they are am I ready? So are you ready? Are you in the right headspace? Because you might have had a bad day at work, so it's not a really, really top time to start to go down this this path. And have you given enough time to the person? So in, in that instance, have you set enough time aside for if this becomes a two-hour conversation? That's that part. And then are you prepared? And as I said earlier, um, this comes down to are you prepared for an answer that you don't like or an outcome that you may not like? So that's that social agreement part. And then the other part that they talk about it, are you okay, is have you picked the moment? Now that is, you know, is it comfortable and quiet where you can have a chat? Is it a good time for them? And have I allowed enough time to chat, like I said before? So they're all the little things that go through it. Now, let's start on Alec. Now, A is for ask. 
Don't be anything other than yourself when you go down this path. Try to make it as part of a natural conversation as you can because part of the defensive mechanism of um, us wonderful people with depression or anxiety is we can sniff out someone who's asking a question that we don't want to answer. So you just got to make it as normal as possible and that is something as simple as, mate, I haven't, I've noticed you haven't been yourself lately. Are you okay? And if they give back a real quick answer, um, ask the next part, which is the easy part, which is are you really travelling okay? And then, you know, if they if they don't open up or they say, no, everything's fine, just, just be strong enough to leave it. Don't push it any further because you'll push them away. So the next part to it all is to listen. Now, during that conversation, you may not hear things that you like or you may hear things that you want to jump in on and give them your two cents worth. You know, like um, I remember uh, talking to someone and I said, you know, attempted to attempted suicide. They say, why did you want to do something stupid like that? It's not the sort of response you want when you're in rock bottom or heading down that way. So the the trick there is listening is listen. Don't hear, listen. And somewhere along the line they may they may pause and then you can jump in and open up that conversation a little bit more. And one of the big tricks um, is to always use open-ended questions. Now, they are questions that you ask that have not got a yes or no answer to so that they've got to think and elaborate on. So that's the other part with you asking you listen. So, And then E is for encourage action. Now, this is going to be the hard part that in, in my uh, experience, my wife let me hit the rock bottom and then I asked for help when I was in um, the padded cell as I call it. So if the conversation is going down uh, a path a path that is open and frank, then this part of the conversation, as I said, could be difficult because the next step for them, um, if it is a serious problem and they acknowledge that they've got a serious problem, is trying to get them to go to a doctor. Now, a GP's the the start of it. Um, and if it's really, really serious, you can go to the emergency ward and they're all um, set up for this situation as well. They're not just there for cuts and bruises and broken bones and everything. They're there for someone that is broken mentally. So they all have uh, tools in place that can identify whether they are in a bad way. And there's a scale. My, my numbers weren't really, really flash, but... They are now, so I'm getting there. Um, and the other thing is that there is a threshold that is around about two weeks of unnatural, what I call unnatural behaviours, where the person isn't being themselves. And if they if if they say they want help but they're anxious to get help, offer to go with them. Just a sport, hold their hand. Don't have to go into the into the room with them and talk about it. You just be there to to get them through the difficult uh, first part of the conversation with someone else other than you. 
And the last part of Alec is C is for check-in. Now, this um, this is, to me, the most vital part of the process of helping someone. And I mentioned that in the episode 7. Just go to petergeorge.com.au and you'll find it there. Now, if I had a dollar for everyone that said, call me if you need me, and they all had good intentions, I'd be a rich man. The problem is when someone is in the position I was or um, someone that you'll come across, they won't call. You know, think about, uh, what's the best way I can put it? Think about when you're at home, fellas, this is the, and you're trying to watch the sport, you know, whether you're footy or whatever, and the wife and kids are chatting and you are slowly getting irritated. That's what it's like when uh, you, you're going down the rabbit hole that, you know, people who is depression, anxiety, go down. So we're not going to speak out or ring up someone and say, hey, I'm not myself. If you've identified that they have a problem, this is the part of the social agreement that I said or the social contract that I said that you've got to follow and this is the part that you've got to follow. And that is to just give them a call um, or... You know, FaceTime them or, you know, jump on a Zoom with them or even better still, go and have a coffee with them. And sometimes that's all it takes. You mightn't have opened them up on the first one, but, you know, go and have another coffee with them or whatever down the track. They might slowly open up and that is probably the most they appreciate from you. Just to be not overly persistent, but just persistent enough that, you know, they turn around one day and say, well, yes, there is a problem. And then you go back through Alec and you go and you keep asking the questions and you get it out of them and hopefully you get them before they get to the stupid place I was in. Um, and, yeah, it's um, not a good place to be, but in some ways I'm glad I got there, if that makes sense. Um, so... The beauty of helping someone is that your friends, that you've identified in a mate that they've changed and that you're willing to put your hand up and help them um, get back to, you know, the the husband, the wife, the kids, uh, the teammate, the work colleague that, you know, you first met and enjoyed their company and everything. That's what it's all about. You know, I also done another show um, I think it's number 10, I think, number nine or number 10 of our podcast, slowly getting there, uh, where it's called social interaction isn't social media. And that's where we're we're losing our way a little bit. But, you know, one of the the rewarding things, and I've helped uh, a few people uh, that had mental health issues just find their way. Um, You know, if you used to having conversations with people, it's quite easy to uh, get them to to talk once they're willing to talk. Until that time, um, even a professional's got to struggle, so don't feel bad on yourself. And the thing that I will close on with um, this episode is that don't beat yourself up. If it's too hard, 
don't be afraid to contact someone like Are You Okay, uh, Black Dog Institute, uh, Lifeline, um, Men's Health Line, Women's Health Line. There's plenty of services out there that if you've identified and it does look like they, they have a problem and they're not too forthcoming, I don't want to see you as an individual go down a path that puts you in a negative mind frame because this, is, this isn't um, all roses and I'm not professing it to be, but it could be one of the most satisfying things that you do to help someone out and get them back on track. As I said earlier, get get your husband back or get your mate back or get your teammate back or your work colleague or, you know, your school friend back. There's a whole benefit to society if we can get people back instead of taking their own lives. You know, it's it's that simple. Um, sorry this was another heavy episode, but if you've got this far, I really, really appreciate it. And make sure that... Um, you wake up every day feeling the best and doing the best that you can and as I always say we try to get success through conversation and experiences so once again thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe on your favourite platform wake up today's gonna be a good day wake up today's gonna be a good day wake up Today's gonna be a good day Yo, Set your affirmations, aspirations I got shit to do, the aftermath of preparation Good food, good mood, blood in circulation One step at a time, yeah that's how you make it Set a goal you control and the steps you take them I try to pick one thought, have some concentration And if I make a mistake, it's called education I try to do this every day, call it replication Wake up, today's gonna be